Let's face it, people have different sleep needs. While you love your partner, sleeping next to them might not always be the most comfortable. Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs, so you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Maybe you prefer a firmer mattress and your partner needs something softer. Because of the individualized comfort that you get from Sleep Number Smart Beds, you and your partner will sleep better together. All Sleep Number Smart Beds feature cooling, pressure-relieving comfort layers for soothing sleep throughout the night. And their temperature balancing bedding is designed to move heat and moisture away when you're hot. When you're cool, they hold their energy to help warm you. The smart beds even automatically respond and adjust to your movements so you sleep comfortably all night long. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards only at a sleep number store or sleepnumber.com man that sunset is gorgeous grill patio sunset hard to get better than that unless you're browsing carvana's inventory while you soak it all in oh burger time so sit back get comfortable carvana's got thousands of cars under twenty thousand dollars just waiting for you i could stay here forever carvana where car buying meets comfort meets convenience Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Welcome to episode 482, our third installment of Coping with the Pandemic. I'm Paul Gilmartin. This is Mental Illness Happy Hour, a place for honesty about all the battles in our heads, from medically diagnosed conditions, past traumas, and sexual dysfunction, to everyday compulsive negative thinking. And now... Pandemics. This show's not meant to be a substitute for professional mental counseling. I'm not a therapist. It's not a doctor's office. It's more like a waiting room that doesn't suck. I want to first give a very deep thanks. Can a thanks be deep to the Patreon supporters who are still hanging in there? Um, I really appreciate it. I could not do this podcast without you. And yeah. Just And also thanks to everybody who's on the front lines, whose jobs put them in close contact with the general population. Of course, you know, people working in the medical field, people who work in grocery stores, tango instructors, clowns in cars, first-time skydivers, tailgaters, people who play telephone professionally. Ghosts helping out with pottery. Bad cops uh, who've become a little too close to their case and because of their marital troubles and difficulty letting go of compartmentalized emotions and general lack of patience, butting in on the good cop during interrogations. To everybody, much, much thanks. Five minutes ago, I was sitting in my kitchen and... As if it weren't apocalyptic enough, a German Shepherd-sized coyote just trotted past the front front lawn. <laughs> I'm so glad it's raining and I didn't have Gracie outside. Gracie's been feeling a little under the weather. I was really worried about her yesterday. She was she was not herself, but I uh, did what you're supposed to do sometimes when when dogs aren't feeling themselves. I gave her rice, and uh, she wouldn't even get off the the couch to uh to come down and eat the rice so i brought the bowl to her and of course she she devoured it and she's she's looking a little more like herself today but that that i I was just like thinking i i've been handling everything that's going on pretty well but i do not think i could handle a, a third dog of mine dying in three years that would that would be just a little a little too much um Anyway, uh, I've been busy in the uh, 
in the wood shop making a coat rack for my girlfriend. It, I've been finding a lot of comfort in um, just, I, I don't know, interacting with nature, living in a metropolis. It's, it's pretty hard to, and with all the parks and stuff being closed, it's, it's pretty hard to interact with nature. And I think that's one of the things I love about woodworking is it's like you bring the nature to you. And uh, one of the woods that I am using to build her coat rack is a wood called Port Orford Cedar. And it's this really beautiful, like creamy white wood. It's kind of on the softer side, not as soft as pine, but it has the most amazing smell. It, it It's hard to describe. It's it's It would be the best candle that you could ever buy if somebody could make a candle that smelled like Port Orford Cedar. It, it smells like if a pine tree ate an orange. And I just love working with it. It's just got a really, um, really smooth surface. And um, it just, oh, I love it. I love it. And I also love making stuff for people. I had a listener uh, reach out to me and ask if they could commission me to make a bathtub tray for them. So I've been experimenting with the designs for for that. I made one a while back, and um, I want to try to mix up the design uh, a little bit, but that's been really, really fun. Um, I, I love the feeling when an interest in something gets you out of bed. I think it's pretty easy. And you'll hear as we read people's surveys about how they're coping. Um, it can be pretty easy to fall into, I don't know, bad coping. Because it's so easy to just do that thing that doesn't involve any energy and feels familiar. In fact, let's, uh, before we do that, before we read unhealthy coping mechanisms, I want to give a shout out to our sponsor today, uh, betterhelp.com. If you have never tried online counseling, boy, is now a perfect time to do it. It's affordable. Uh, you just go to betterhelp.com slash mental. Make sure you include the slash mental part so they know you came from this podcast. And then you'll just fill out a questionnaire. And if they have a betterhelp.com counselor that they think is a good fit for you, they will match you up with one. And then you can experience a free week of counseling to see if online counseling is a good fit for you. And you need to be over 18. So, uh... There are a bunch of different questions on the uh, pandemic survey that I created a couple of weeks ago and then we've been reading questions from. And these are people's answers to the question, what, if any, unhealthy coping mechanisms have you been engaging in during the pandemic? Uh, obsessive intrusive thoughts about getting sick and dying, checking my breathing all the time. Too much news in social media, probably more pot than usual. And by the way, the almost uh, overwhelmingly common answer is overeating. So I'm not going to read every every single one. I'll read a few of them, but um, overeating and drinking. Um I'm eating one meal a day. Losing weight is a good part, but ignoring my hunger pangs isn't. I'm terrified about going out. Way too many visits to the Drudge Report to read the apocalyptic headlines. I'm super fortunate to be in 12-step programs for my major addictions, and those programs are working for me at the moment. So I guess that would be healthy coping mechanisms. Eating more sweets and drinking more out of boredom and anxiety. I'm overeating like crazy. It's a problem I've always had, but we're trying to eat better, and I can't feel better until I eat enough to make my stomach hurt because then I deserve the pain because I'm a bad mother for yelling at my 15-month-old and a bad wife for having little to no sex drive and I'm disgusting to look at. I've had a really hard time bonding with my second daughter because I gave so much of myself to my dying daughter and I wasn't ready to get pregnant again. Sometimes I don't want to be a mom anymore. I'm so tired. Wow. 
thank you. Thank you for sharing that. That's, uh, whew, that's heavy. That is heavy. Sending you some love, man. I've smoked weed every day this week. On the plus side, despite being an addict, weed is something I never seem to have a problem with. I'm almost out and have no plans of restocking. Terrible reality TV. Overeating. It feels like food is the only thing I have to look forward to right now. A lot of sleeping. I'm keeping my spirits up by remembering that this will pass. Hey, a few months is going to go by anyway. I'll come out on the other side and adjust as required. Spending too much time laying around on my iPhone instead of being productive or creative. I tend to eat my feelings and I just hope I don't gain so much weight they have to cut me out of my house. Well, if they do, they, they, they use the ass saw. And it's rare that they have to break out the ass saw. but Because uh, a lot of times you can get, uh, if it seems like the person's not going to be able to squeeze out the front door, if one person drops the legs and the other person raises the head, you can, you can change the angle and get that ass out the door and onto the porch where it belongs. I already smoke too much pot and play too much civilization to distract myself from anxiety. Wow. I cast you to hell for putting the idea of playing civilization into my head. Oh my God. That would be such a perfect game to play right now. Oh, God damn you. Vodka and cigarettes. My math skills have improved. I count every drag, which on the average is 400 drags a day. Also, I can now pour a shot by eyeing it. I've been cleaning the apartment nonstop and making everyone wash their hands continuously. My anorexia is back. I've been weighing myself several times a day and restricting food. Just some control, I guess. Alcohol. I regret it. Of course, I regret it pretty much every weekend, yet it goes on. With pandemic, it's creeping into weeknights. Obsessively listening and watching the news. And I picked up a carton of cigarettes, even though this would have been a great time to quit. How many of you are like me that you thought, oh, this is going to be the time that I'm going to exercise a lot at home. And then when I come out of the house three months from now, people are going to be like, wow, you look great. Look at your abs. What did you do? And instead, I've just been eating a lot of white flour and uh, adding butter to it. This episode is sponsored by When Breath Becomes Air. When Breath Becomes Air by Paul Kalanithi is the exquisitely observed memoir of an idealistic young neurosurgeon attempting to answer the question, what makes a life worth living, as he deals with his own terminal cancer diagnosis. It's a stunning reminder to live while we are alive, a must-read for anyone in medicine from a doctor-turned-patient. For healthcare workers, expand your view on patient care and the fragile beauty of our mortal lives through Kalanithi's unforgettable words. Some of the questions Kalanithi wrestles with in this book include, what makes life worth living in the face of death? What do you do when the future flattens out into a perpetual present? When the future is no longer a ladder towards your goals in life? What does it mean to have a child, to nurture a new life as another fades away? When Breath Becomes Air is a number one New York Times bestseller, Pulitzer Prize finalist, and named one of the best books of the year by the New York Times Book Review, People, NPR, The Washington Post, Slate, and more. When Breath Becomes Air is available wherever books are sold. Learn more at prh.com slash breath. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. I've been smoking cigarettes 
I'm getting nervous when I think of running out. Also, I've been binge-watching YouTube videos of all types almost constantly. Way too much screen time. Oh, and I'm staying up until 4 and 5 a.m. on most days and sleeping in until 2 p.m. Well, welcome to my world. Actually, I've been doing... I'm getting up a little earlier, but... Boy, that was my routine for years. I've been measuring my temperature obsessively these past few weeks. Oh, and that one got cut off. Oh. No. Uh, That's not exactly unhealthy, I suppose. But seeing it being within the healthy range calms me down for a short while. It's turned into a compulsion of sorts and it annoys the hell out of me and my boyfriend sometimes. I've been binging and purging multiple times a day. It makes me feel disgusting and guilty. I do feel good I'm living in a non-judgmental space. Everyone is in the same locked space as me, overeating until the goodies ran out. Now I seem to be in restrict in a restricted calories diet. My anxiety is too bad to get to the grocery store even though it is still open. I'm baking a lot of comfort foods and staying up late at night. Oh man, the amount of baking utensils I have ordered in the last two weeks. I I had better start making some tasty shit. Uh, I have the urge to self-harm and to restrict my food intake as well as the urge to exercise until I can't move. I feel exhausted from fighting the urges and trying to keep them at bay. Drinking a lot more, self-harming more as no one will see the scars on my legs and arms, and a lot of procrastination, constantly browsing social media to distract myself. I've been drinking three or four beers almost every night. I feel like I should be doing everything I can to keep my immune system up, so there's shame. Obsessive internet browsing for more and more news. I'm also not working out and instead feel like all I can do is just sit here and watch movies while scrolling through my phone. I feel like I am wasting what could be my last week on this earth. Cigarettes. Many, many cigarettes. Ice cream. I literally feel like shit. Emotionally, I feel embarrassed. Sleeping a lot, eating a lot, I feel like a complete failure. I lean so hard on routine, it's so hard. I'm not eating a lot at all. I barely eat one hot meal a day, if that. I've been sleeping for 16 plus hours, and I have cut my hair and pierced my nose. I feel like I don't know I should have done or do them, but I work on not doing it every day. I've been thinking about cutting my own hair, and I swear if I did not uh, have a girlfriend who did not seem thrilled at the idea of me just taking a a clipper and giving myself an army-style buzz cut, yeah, but I still might do it. I've been overeating and having issues molding myself motivating myself to take a shower. I'm watching too many documentaries that are related to war, death, famine, and I work full-time on issues like human rights atrocities and genocide. I'm aware of how unhealthy this is, but it's becoming compulsive. Thank you guys for those. This is a happy moment filled out by a guy who calls himself Thoth2005, and he writes, When my stepson started to get older and realized I wasn't his real dad, I told him that no matter what, I would always be there for him. And he got the biggest smile on his face and raised his chin high. Then he took a bite of the sandwich I made him and said out loud, I love my dad's tuna fish sandwiches. Oh, that's so sweet. I, I don't like when people use the term real dad or real mom. It sounds so dismissive. And uh, I like when they say biological rather than real because, yeah, I don't know. I don't have to explain it. But thank you for that. Gav shares a, a love. She writes, Watching the steam rising out of my kettle as it boils, gradually building up in speed and volume as the water gets closer to the boiling point. I love doing that too, but with my anger. And then just exploding publicly. And the silence. Oh, the sweet silence that follows a public outburst. 
This is uh, answers from the pandemic survey to the question, what ho- uh, healthy coping me- mechanisms, uh, if any, have you been indulging in? Um, my dog, the way she smiles ear to ear and lets out this little happy yawn when I pick up the leash. I have to use a bike to give her her two-mile walk because she's a lab. She's almost 11 and she needs a ton of exercise and won't chase a frisbee or a ball. All she wants to do is hunt and she prefers a wingman. That would be me. Arts and crafts, solo walks, cleaning and organizing, etc. Still keeping appointments with my therapist with tele, teletherapy. Um, continuing to go to work. Taking precautions as to not get sick. Trying to maintain reasonable contact with family, friends, and a partner. I limit news intake to public radio once a day as of yesterday. Exercising at least 10 minutes a day. Confiding in my boyfriend. I started walking before work. uh, And working on... There's a typo here. I started walking before work and plan on taking this time away from friends to lose weight and attempt to tone down my drinking so I can get in better health. I tell myself that I'm home and safe. Even though my wife is in medicine, I tell myself that she is taking extreme precautions. I also stopped biting my nails. Ha ha. Trying to meditate, trying to walk the dog every few days while weighing the risk. Eating really smart, exercise and sleeping keeping busy, praying. I'm in a place with a tiny fridge and not much cooking equipment, and this is forcing me to choose only that food that won't go to waste, as well as super nutritious food. If anything, I'm eating healthier than I did before I went into shelter in place. I'm also staying focused on future goals like living off grid and permaculture gardening, so I'm looking for opportunities to learn more in those areas. Attendance at Online 12-step meetings is also saving my bacon, and I'm trying to talk on the phone to at least one person a day, which I wasn't doing before. Yeah, thank God for online meetings. Thank God. Uh, My husband and I talk about our feelings a lot. We decided when we first started dating that because both of our previous relationships were toxic to not let things build up. We're usually very good at it, even if it hurts feelings. I'm thankful that I have a partner that's supportive for the most part, and I'm in a stable home and not being abused anymore. I've been meditating two or three times a day using guided meditation from Sam Harris's app. I highly, actually, I think it's probably Dan Harris's app. Uh, I highly recommend it. I've also been listening to your back catalog because it's a better way to feel connected to humanity than social media for me. The latest Loves episode helped me and my wife out tremendously. We listened on the way to the grocery store this past weekend, and it completely lifted our mood. I'm so glad to hear that. If you do read this on air, did you create or record the theme song riff yourself? Yes, I did. I did. Um, Both of them. Um, I've been meaning to ask you that for months, but did not want to bother you. I know you get a lot of email. I've spent the last two days figuring it out and jamming along. I cannot remember how I played it. I've tried so many times to find out what it was that I did, and I cannot figure it out. I don't know if I was in an alternate tuning or I had a capo on or exactly what, but uh, yeah, it's it's pissing me off. Um, I still have to clean up a few parts since there are a few layers, but I got the basics down. It's fun to play. All right, Paul, thanks for everything. Love you, love what you do, and I hope you're taking time out each and every day of this quarantine to go fuck yourself. That I have, good sir. Oh. Hiking, it gets me outside. Playing my instruments, sharing songs with others, and I recently started up an online song collaboration project via Facebook and SoundCloud. Spending time with my family, meditation, and relaxing music. And yes, it does help. I hope you are well, Paul. Love you, buddy. Now right back at you. Art, writing, sleep, talking to family on the phone. Thank you for those. This is from the love survey filled out by a woman who calls herself Sassafras. 
kissing in the rain, the smell of fresh tomato vines, true crime podcasts because criminology fascinates me, smoking a big joint before I do an organizing project. Isn't that funny? Funny pot is either like will make you clean or make you think cleaning is the last thing I want to do. I love when my cat leans in for a headbutt or when my cat, who knows she's my favorite, hollers at me when I'm late for bed because she wants to sit on my chest, kneading and purring while I try to read my book. I wonder what she means by kneading, and she spells it K-N-E-A-D-I-N-G. I've got to assume that means the cat is making a tiny loaf of bread on her chest. Uh, I love the knowledge I've gained about human behavior over the years, the lessons about what one really gives up when they compromise their own needs for the desires or demands of others, and the red flags I can now identify more easily if I'm dealing with someone who is truly narcissistic slash toxic. I didn't really understand any of this stuff as a younger person. I was shocked when I visited the place I grew up after almost two decades away and had people I went to grade school with making condescending remarks as though I were still an, still the same doormat they remembered. I am not. And while I was too shocked by this, the reminder of who I once was, while I was too shocked by this reminder of who I once was to react in the moment, if that comes up again, I will happily rip them a new one. Finally, I so love that I escaped that shithole of a town and moved 5,000 miles away to start a new life. If happiness is the best revenge, I'm doing okay. I love the West Coast so much. Thank you for those. This is also from the Love Survey. This is uh, filled out by a guy who calls himself reading too much into it. He writes, I love when I buy something or get takeout and the person working counter seems genuinely happy to see me. I know it's almost always customer service fakery, but when it seems real, it's one of the brightest parts of that day. Oh, that's a great one. I love when I wake up with no anxiety, no aches and pains, no hangover. I can breathe through my nose and just get up out of bed because I want to enjoy a fresh cup of coffee. Unfortunately, this is super fucking rare. I love when I get a phone call and it doesn't feel like the end of the world. Once in a while, I can just answer it, no matter who is calling. I don't know what makes the difference. I always feel that way when the phone rings. I always think, oh my God, what fell apart? This might be dark, but I love the knowledge that life is temporary. I won't have to worry and fear and feel this chronic pain forever. This knowledge has helped me avoid suicide. I'm going to die eventually, no matter what, and even though I'm in nearly constant pain and anguish, there is always the chance that something great could happen. So why rush the inevitable? The way I see it, I could walk around with my hair on fire for another 50 years as long as I know that it won't last forever, and for me that opens the door to the possibility of love, healing, and positive growth instead of constantly wishing I was dead. Wow, that was profound. That was profound. I'm going to say that a third time. That was profound. Thank you for that. Back to the pandemic survey. This, uh, These are people's answers to the question, what have been the what or who have been the biggest challenges to you during the pandemic? The grocery store zombies. I don't have a problem with them buying all the toilet paper, but them dragging the one leg behind the other is getting old. Uh, I'm in a remote area of Chile at the moment, and as an American, I see people here responding more realistically to the crisis. If I were in the global north at the moment, I would be having a really hard time with people who refuse to look at this thing realistically. Listening to the president spew his lies and nonsense and knowing that there are millions of people who see him as a trustworthy and brilliant man. The lack of schedule is really testing my anxiety and OCD tendencies. I don't even know what day it is most of the time. Being alone has been hard. It's also really difficult to focus on schoolwork at home where I feel so comfortable and don't have structure or routine. Also, working in a hospital right now is scary. I feel like we're being told to social distance everywhere else, but this is virtually impossible where I work. There are units full of people and germs, and I feel so anxious every time I'm there. I'm hyper aware of every cough, every sneeze, how close people are to me, their attitudes about the virus. 
It's hard to focus on the work I'm there to do. Well, thank you for your service. I can't imagine what that is like. No challenges to speak of. I try to lighten things up at the grocery trips by flashing the occasional peace sign and making eye contact and smiling. Wow, this one's interesting. Not going to the car wash. I guess you like a clean car. I have a lot of shame about being an essential employee. Everyone is being told to stay home. The best thing we can do is stay home. Even a close friend who shamed everyone who wasn't staying home. But my shop has some government contracts and are considered essential employees. If I don't go to work, I don't get paid. My fiancé, he never ever used to watch the news and now all of a sudden he wants to watch it. It's constant negativity and I hate it. Keeping the kids inside and away from their family and friends. I miss my mom. We talk on our commutes to work every day. Every day we spend 30 to 45 minutes chatting. She makes me absolutely insane when we are face to face, but over the phone she is awesome and a great sounding board. That's so interesting. Why there's that difference. It's a pretty crazy relationship we have, but those 30 minutes Monday through Friday I treasure with her and keeping my cool with her kids, with her kid keeping my cool. I don't know how I misread that. Keeping my cool with my kid. He's two, so he doesn't listen. He won't eat, and he will scream at me if I don't put the cap on the marker back the way he wants it. Oh my God. My hubby and I try to keep each other in check and take over for the other when he starts getting too crazy. My students trying to reassure them we can do this and clearly not succeeding. They're going through a lot. The biggest challenge so far was convincing my retired husband that he needed to stop going to the store so much and that he needed to stop doing pickup and delivery that was putting him at risk unnecessarily and explaining to him how it puts me at risk. took a little bit of being very loud and insistent and repetitive, but it worked. Trump, my father, who initially compared the media coverage to War of the Worlds, uh, the, and then parentheses, the radio broadcast and ensuing panic. Then to the flu, and is now arguing that shutting things down is just people panicking and unnecessarily hurting the economy. Mike Rowe, people who argue that the economy is more important than people's lives so that we should just let people die. As far as people are concerned, maintaining a healthy relationship with my boyfriend has definitely been a challenge. We love each other, but we're so stressed out all the time that it makes both of us lash out from time to time. Not taking these outbursts personally has been a serious challenge. Thank you guys for all of those. This is from the love survey filled out by a woman who calls herself Boo Boo. She writes, I love discovering a new band or artist who makes music in a genre or style I had not heard before that I would never have imagined but connect with immediately. I love that one. That's such a good one. First time I heard uh, Rodrigo and Gabriella, oh my God. I don't even know what you would classify their music as. It's very flamenco-y, but it's also a lot more than that. It's, oh my God, they are the most brilliant musicians. And they're a husband and wife team. That That is a lot of time around your partner. <laughs> this is from the love survey filled up by a woman who calls herself, I do surveys on company time. I had a girl. I love when I'm doing data entry at work and I notice that someone I'm adding to our computer system has the same birthday as me. Oh, that's a great one. I love when I wake up in the middle of the night because I'm not sleeping in a comfortable position and notice that the reason is one of my cats snuggled on top of me, which makes me smile and go back to sleep because I don't want to disturb them. I love when I go to therapy and notice that my therapist and I are coincidentally wearing matching outfits like some weird family photo. I love when I find a quote, poem, or picture that perfectly captures a feeling I've been trying to name but haven't been able to pinpoint. I love crushing two M&Ms together between my thumb and forefinger to test which is the stronger M&M. That's so bizarre. 
I love when the computer server I access for work is malfunctioning so I have an excuse to sit around and do nothing. I love opening the bottom drawer of my work desk to see my secret stash of Nerf guns, crayons, candy, construction paper, and other, quote, childish things, because it feels like a magical treasure chest of coping skills, and it's always there when I need it. Lastly, my husband and I work together, and I love that we're both positioned, we both positioned our desks so that when we peek out our office doors, we have a perfect view of each other. We communicate with dramatic facial expressions all day long, and it makes the work bearable. Oh, that's such a sweet one. That's so sweet. This is back to the pandemic survey, and these are answers to the question, uh, what, if anything, would you say to the world or someone in particular? I'd paraphrase Moses and say, cheer up, people. Moses was always very casual. Uh, Please, please, please stay home and stop making it harder for other people. I tell my neighbor to shut the fuck up. No one else likes his base. What is he, 16? He's in his 30s with kids. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's a phrase you've never heard is, oh my God, thank God the neighbor is playing his base. I love you. Have you stood up and stretched today? Have you taken your meds? Have you had a drink of water? Breathe deep and take care of yourself. Those are nice, simple ones. As cheesy as it sounds, we're all in the same position. So please stop hoarding toilet paper and napkins. I don't know if this is pissing other people off, but I have started wearing two rolls of toilet paper as earrings. And I throw, uh, just stroll through the grocery store with my head held really unusually high. Like my chin almost pointed at the ceiling. We love you and we will get through this. Through hell and back, the world will, through hell and back, the world will not be the same, but we will get through this. Times are hard and I know that the world will keep spinning. I have faith in science that the brightest among us will save the day. uh, (coughs) Excuse me. That was a swallowed wrong, not a getting sick cough. One day we will have a response to situations like this. Another plague will come and next time we will be prepared. We now are depressed. We are now Sharing the response our grandchildren will look to. Hang in there, my fellow suicidal, depressed, coping any way you can, beautiful people. Thank you for that one. When I get tired sometimes, um, one of my eyes moves more than the other one when I'm reading. And at the beginning of a sentence, uh, I'll see double a little bit. And it's really annoying. Uh, I would like to say that we get to be there for each other like a family. Hold on, pain ends, and to all who lost a loved one, I'm really sorry for your loss. Yeah, ditto. Ditto on that one. Uh, These are some more answers to the same question. Oof, I'd apologize to the homeless people. I walk past every single fucking day. I think of them every morning. I hate myself that I'm stressed about work and having a job when I'm buying frivolous shit. Perspective is a motherfucker. Stop blaming poor people for the problems of the world. I wish I could tell people how I have to live financially, how I live below the poverty line, what that is actually like, that the welfare queen thing is a myth. I'd like to tell my husband that I want to be my own sexual partner from now on. There are more things to love in this world than to hate. Thanks to my church for praying for me. Those are great. Thank you. This is from the love survey filled out by a woman who calls herself Helium Balloon Voice. I love it when I'm sitting with a perfect group of close, hilarious friends and there's no awkwardness whatsoever. And every single person is contributing to the conversation in witty ways, and we're all making each other laugh every other second. And we're having so much fun doing nothing at all, 
that no one wants to go home at the end of the night. Wow, that is a high bar. That is a high bar. I'm glad to, I'm glad you get to experience that. That's awesome. I get to experience that too sometimes, but sometimes it's also like, I love these people, but I want to be alone. Please go home. This is a happy moment filled out by a woman who calls herself the Funk Master 13. She writes, when I was a kid, 8 to 10 years old, I, I can't remember if I read this one already, but it's still, it's, it's great. Uh, when I was a kid, 8 to 10 years old, I loved to read. I spent my entire summer sitting on a swing under a large shady tree and would get lost in a book, diving and dwelling into a life that wasn't my own. For an hour or two, I didn't exist. My problems or emotions didn't exist. After closing the book, I was overdone with peace and comfort and was one with this universe. I smelled the fresh-cut grass of summer, felt the warmth of the sun on my face through the leaves of this beautiful tree, my home away from home, listened to the light breeze and felt it on my skin. I would close my eyes in a moment of bliss and be present, even if only for a few minutes. This was a time in my life where I could still hold on to a level of innocence and ignorance that I now can only try to recreate from memories, but I use this memory often while meditating so I can keep it alive. Wow. That was like a little movie. Thank you for that one. Back to the pandemic survey. These are people's answers to the question, what if anything do you wish for? Normalcy. But the funny thing is I used to wish for things like this because in my own fucked up way, I wanted for us to all be on the same level. Widespread socialist revolution in our time. I think it's the only way out. Some way for me to be able to connect more deeply with people, but honestly, I think socialist revolution is more likely at this point. White Americans to wake the fuck up and realize that their government is race-baiting them to keep the whole country down. I wish the people would remember that spreading some joy needn't require physical contact. I see a lot of quote, desperation, Christmas cheer, unquote, happening. I'd like to see that need for social connection continue minus the desperation. A fundamental rethinking of our economies when this is over. People would be feeling much more secure if we had income guarantees and stronger social services, including health care. I wish money would start growing on trees everywhere. Then I would have homeless people come and rake my yard and they can bag it and take it. Well, most of it anyway. Someone to cough into Donald Trump's eyeballs. Normalcy. Also that I can take some of the extra time I find myself with to make something in my life better. I want the world to reboot into a kindly, authentic place where kids can have savings. Thank you. Those are so great. This is from the love survey filled out by a woman who calls herself anxiety is my bitch. One of my favorite feelings in the world is the childlike feeling at the start of a Disney movie, musical, or before a plane takes off. Just the awe and wonder that happens. It's the closest thing to magic I can think of. That's such a great one. I, I, I don't know many people who feel that way about a plane taking off, though. Clearly, you are not a uh, nervous flyer. This is from the uh, pandemic survey, and these are people's answers to the question, um, if God exists, what, if anything, would you like to say to he, she, or it? We deserve this, don't we? Knock it off. This has made my atheism stronger. I appreciate deeply the beauty of everything you've created, but fucking why can't you figure out a way to communicate more clearly with us? This shit about taking things on, quote, faith, or trying to guess what you want based on signs and symbols is what is killing us all. It's almost as if God is an elementary student and our universe is his science fair project. I mean, come on. That's a great one. Viruses were a dick move, dude. Beam me up, please. No comment at this time. It's too exhausting to think about right now. Okay, you proved your point. Humans destroyed Mother Nature and now you're punishing us. We are sorry. 
Thanks for picking off the old folks who fucked up your planet. I promise we will raise our children to do better. I'm an atheist, but boy, do I wish I believed nowadays. I feel like having that higher power now would be extremely helpful with coping. Thanks for this life, viruses and all. Hey, God, goddess, are you listening? Do you think that we could have a miracle here? We're all being held hostage by this virus and a man in charge who is an idiot. Send us help, please. Please touch the hearts of people to care more about human life than money. It's all our fault in the end, I guess, but I still think you're a giant asshole for watching from the sidelines as the most vulnerable members of our communities are dying. Whatever lesson you're trying to teach us here, these deaths are not worth it. Thank you. We've made this mess down here with free will, greedy free will. It wasn't you who said no to affordable health care. I know the intelligent universe will reset just perfectly. Thank you, God, for blessing me with this time with my family. Maybe we should be still and download how you would direct us to live our lives from now on. Assuming you're talking about an all-powerful good God, either seriously what the hell or I'm very disappointed. What the fuck, dude? We apologized for Justin Bieber years ago. Let it go already. I don't believe there is a God. But there was one, why do you let children, adults, innocent people die? I would just be curious and would want to hear a long story about the history of the earth and where it is headed. I would also like to hear about other planets, other universes, or attempts to build other worlds, etc. That might be my favorite one. That is such a great one. I would angrily shake my spilling coffee cup and yell, why, what the fuck? <clears throat> and then finally, these are answers to the uh, pandemic survey question of um, what, if anything, has made you laugh or smile during the pandemic? The incredible geek outs me and my boyfriend have about video game references. Talking with my friends on the phone. And this is th this next one, uh, memes and social media stuff that makes people laugh. That's been the overwhelming uh response uh, memes so many funny little observations people have i'm so thankful for funny images that can break the pressure of 24 7 anxiety like this it's a total relief to see people understand what this is like and can still make a little joke the little conversations as mothers we want our babies to be babies forever but the maturity intelligence and heart that can come from the little conversations that follow the heavy conversations give an enlightened hope that the future doesn't have to be bleak the fact that i can learn to homestead from free libraries all over the country from the touch of my phone i feel so much more a part of community now that i ever have I've seen and talked to my neighbors from a respectable distance more in the past two weeks than in the last year. Local businesses are coming together to support the community with free food and other services. It's just a nice, warm, fuzzy feeling to know it can feel like this even though I live in a city of millions. My husband and I playing heads up, humming songs until the other person guesses what it is. We laughed so hard that we both got tired. Oh, I love that. I love the laughs where your face hurts or your stomach hurts. Those are so rare. Playing Electric Avenue on my guitar. My 13-year-old niece teaching me chords over the phone. The wonderful concerts that musicians are live streaming from their homes. Garth Brooks did one yesterday, and I happy cried all the way through it. That's so awesome. My son downloaded a fart sound uh, on the Alexa. From that moment, we were all age 10. I love you that you called it the Alexa. You were clearly over 30 years old. <laughs> My dad used to add the. Would you like a, a or, or, and sometimes an S. Would you like a Heineken's? <laughs> One time my dad said, uh, I like that band, Simon and Garfinkel. <laughs> he said, Dad, it's Garfunkel. And he went, oh, right, right, right. Garfinkel is that cat. 
There's a man who works as a cashier at our grocery store, and every time I see him, he says, it's nice to see you again. It's a small exchange, but even in the midst of what I imagine is a horrible time to work at a grocery store, he still managed to smile his big smile and say, it's nice to see you again to me. It really makes me look forward to going to the store, even now. I think when this is over, we should have parades for the people that were on the front lines of this, the people that went to work every day and had to be in close contact with the public. And for me, a special parade for me. So I can do that weird wave like the pageant queens do where it's just from their wrist. I laughed when the local animal shelter ran out of dogs. All the lonely singles went down and got a dog. I'm not sure they understand they're not supposed to return then once we can go back to cuddling people again. I, I, I think once, once you get to experience the unconditional love of a dog, you would never want to return it. Feel good stories on the news. People helping people. An older man at Target dancing to Muzak. That is a great one. And this is my favorite one. Uh, and this is just a suggestion from uh, this guy. He writes, if you eat toilet paper, you don't have to wipe. <laughs> That's what I wanted to end on. That's what I want you to to have in your head. Well, I hope you're, I hope you're coping. I hope you're being nice to yourself. And... Uh, I hope you heard something today that brought you a little peace, calmed you down a little bit, maybe reminded you of how much love and their beauty and beauty that there can be in the world. Um, it's always easy to forget that and just filter everything through our fears and our selfishness. But anyway, I, uh, I hope you remember that you're not alone. And thanks for listening. Everybody I know is bizarrely beautiful. Everybody I know is bizarrely beautifully fucked up in some weird way. Bizarrely beautifully fucked up in some weird way.